0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. Morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you that we can come and that we we can be family together. That we can come and spend time with one another, we can can come and be united under the blood of Jesus. Have we asked that you would speak to hearts this morning, Lord? That you would that you would shape and change lives. How we don't want to leave here the same way as when we came in. God, we don't want this to be a waste of time. And. That, that, that's our choice as to whether that's a waste of time or not for us specifically. God, that's not that's not up to me. It's, it's not up to anybody else. We have to choose whether or not we are going to make ourselves available this morning to be transformed and shaped and used by you. God, let it be your words that are heard this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning we are going to be continuing our trek down the Uh, road less traveled. And we're going to find ourselves on a little offshoot of that road less traveled that's maybe uh, one of those country roads where you start hearing the banjo play and you start wondering, are we supposed to be here? Um, It may kind of start feeling that way a little bit. So just kind of go with me, okay? (laughs) Um, When I was thinking about where we were going with this today, um, I may have shared this with some of you already, but it just came back to mind. Kaylee and I uh, went on a vacation to Hawaii for our anniversary. Is that last year at this point? Yeah, that's true. I guess it is only February, so it's we, we, safe to say that. Uh, <laughs> so last year, we, we went to Hawaii. And what I will say is that um, I am of a generation and of an age that gets directions from a phone. Greg, I know that is not speaking to you. <laughs> it's starting to okay. But uh, what I, I I can remember back to, like when I first started driving, I uh, Kaylee and I were joking about this. Where when I first started driving, uh, MapQuest was kind of a thing, and like when I needed to go somewhere, I would print out like on like MapQuest what it was to like actually go someplace, and it was just like, man, this is so handy. this is the best thing ever. And then like, I remember not myself driving, but my uh, parents driving on road trips and like trying to get to a specific place was kind of a thing. Like if they wanted to go to like this place that somebody had told them about, like it was, you just had to depend on the instructions that they got from that person. It's like, man, I sure hope you'd like know what you're talking about. Or heaven forbid, you actually have to get like a map and and follow a map to the place where you're supposed to go. Like this is impossible. So okay, that's the context of this. Kaylee and I are in Hawaii. We have a rental car where we sometimes like to go on road trips. And so um, we there was a place we wanted to go that was across the island. And so um, where we were trying to get to, like was it a zip line place? Yeah, we were trying to go to the zip line place. And so we we get in our jeep and off we go and everything's going fine. We're on these main roads. It says, oh, turn here. Okay, so we turn, and we start following this this road, and is like, huh? are you sure we're supposed to go this way? That, there's so many marital things that come up when you start having that type of conversation, but that's a different sermon. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is what Siri said we're supposed to do. <laughs> so we, we keep going and and we're, we're following what Siri's telling us to do. A turn here, okay, we're turning here. And, and pretty soon this road is getting like narrower and narrower and narrower. And pretty soon it, it turns from pavement to gravel. And then we're like, she said to go here. This is what we're supposed to. And she keeps on giving us directions. And so I'm looking at the map and says, yeah, it says we're gonna go here. And finally, it turns from gravel to dirt. And from dirt, it just turns into like grass with two ruts in the road. And and finally, we arrive at this intersection with a box or like a wooden sign on it that says, if Siri told you to go here, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> the road less traveled. <laughs> so, the... I would like to say there was a lot more like spiritual application to this. There really wasn't that, that, that was pretty much it. But it, it's more to say that, that sometimes we find ourselves on these roads that that are are going to be a little bit more out there and where we're gonna spend a little bit more time. And today that is where we're gonna find ourselves this morning we're going to we're gonna go through an overview of three different books of the Bible. and obviously we're gonna we're gonna keep it concise. Um, the reason we want to look at these three books of the Bible is because really they need to be looked at together. And the reason that we're looking at them today and the heading of the road less traveled is because these are books of the Bible that maybe you don't necessarily flip to on a regular basis. Maybe these aren't, aren't books that you're, you're saying, yeah, this is my go-to uh, part of scripture. Um, the three books in question are going to be the book of Lamentations, Habakkuk yes we can pronounce that correctly and Zephaniah these three books of the Bible probably aren't the the top of your like yes let's let's go there you know right with with Psalms or Hebrews or Romans you know and obviously anytime we start with a book called lamentations you're like Matt I came here to be like uplifted I came here to be encouraged what what are you talking about lamentations I don't want to lament I don't want to mourn I don't want to come here for that that's that's not what we're here for, but but just go with me for just a minute. And and as I was kind of looking at this, there were three verses, one from each book, that that I feel like point out what maybe we're missing. And as I as I came across these specific verses, these specific pieces, it was just it just got me. In Lamentations three, twenty two through twenty-four, it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, and therefore I will hope in him. In Habakkuk 2.4, it says, the righteous shall live by faith. And in Zephaniah 3.15, it says, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies, the king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst, and you shall never again fear evil. Those are promises. Those are, those are words that were meant for a specific people in a specific time. They, they were messages of hope that were given to the people of Israel, the people of Judah, during a time of need, during a time where, where things were hard, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God whose steadfast love never ceases, that was never going to cease and never has ceased for the people of Israel, definitely cease for me today. The judgments that were taken away from the the people of Israel during that time that we see in in the book of Zephaniah, those judgments aren't, aren't for us either because of the blood of Jesus. And so as we look at these chapters and we look at these verses, as we, we kind of come to this road less traveled and say, what is there in these books that is for me today? Is there something that is relevant that pertains to my life, my struggles, my, my everyday existence? Yes, there is to start by with let's let's get acquainted with these books if we look at lamentations and habakkuk and zephaniah there they have god's truth in them and truth that talks about that's dealing with sin for those of you that that aren't aware people sin you sin i sin we all sin the people of israel sin the people of judah sin if you read most of the old testament it's it's made up of people sinning and god dealing with it And what we see is this story that is recurring at the the lower level of of people sinning and God bringing them back, God redeeming them, God restoring them back. And so what we see in these three books is, is God's truth about how he is ultimately going to bring the people back through Jesus Christ. That's ultimately what is being pointed to. The prophecies that we see in these books, and if you look at all of the minor prophets, most of the minor prophets in the Old Testament, all of those names that are like in the middle of the Bible that are really hard to pronounce, that's what I'm talking about, minor prophets. If you look at those, so many of them, are pointing to specific historical events that have happened, things that that the people of that time are going through. But there's something that's still relevant for us today. There is something that's applicable for us today. If we look at 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, what does Apostle Paul say? And this is... This is pretty important for us to remember because if we think back to what we've talked about every week over the past three or four weeks, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. It, it, it is true and right to say that the book of Lamentations is probably not the worn out part of your Bible. But there are no wasted pages in the Bible. There are no wasted pages in God's Word. What we see is, is Lamentations, Habakkuk, we see Zephaniah expressing pain, suffering, that that there's hardship that is going on, that is being experienced by God's people because they, they live in a world where, that's fallen. They live in a world where sin exists. The people are suffering at the hands of their enemies the people are being disciplined because of their own choices but there is a hope the suffering that that they are going through isn't meaningless God uses this form of discipline to restore his people back to himself are you going through hardship today? Are you dealing with suffering today? Are you dealing with difficulty? Is there something in your life that you are are coming to God and saying, God, why is this happening? What is going on? We we can't talk to God that way. Yes, you can. (laughs) You can. You can say, God, I don't understand. I don't get what is going on here. But God uses these parts of Scripture to say that even in those times, even in those times where you don't understand, where it doesn't seem like there's hope, where it doesn't seem like there is a future, God says, I love you, and you are being redeemed back to me. If we look at the title of of the book of Lamentations, there's a Hebrew word that's translated to how. This is the, the first word uh, of Lamentations, and it, it starts, the, the first uh, word in chapter 2 is in chapter 4 also. And it's, it's this exclamation of how much suffering can we go through? What we see in the, the book of Lamentations is actually, a, it's a book of poetry there's these these five poems that that are being put together we don't really know who wrote it maybe jeremiah is is kind of the the overall thought but this these these five poems where the author is talking about the death of a kingdom it's almost like a, a eulogy if you you have ever you know been to a, a memorial service and and that person gets up that has to eulogize the person who's passed away. And, and they're, they're talking about everything that that person has done in their life and the accomplishments that they've gone through and maybe the hardships that they faced. That's a good way to look at the, the book of Lamentations is this, this person in Jeremiah potentially is coming up and saying and mourning the loss of this kingdom. the death of the kingdom of Judah, this, this part of, of, of their people that has just disappeared, that has been taken away into exile. The situation is bleak. Yet there is hope in God whose mercies are new every morning. Is faithful and compassionate. He never forgets his people. Yes. <laughs> he never forgets his people. And if if that's the only thing that you take from this, that's enough. God never forgets his people. Even as they suffer, even as... Did you know that sometimes we suffer because we do dumb things? <laughs> I do dumb things. And and sometimes I suffer because I did a dumb thing. If we, we look at this particular example in, in Scripture the people of Israel and the people of Judah were doing dumb things and they, they received the consequences of those dumb things. Sometimes hard and difficult situations come to us, not because we did, did dumb things, but just because we live in a world where sin exists. And, and sometimes those, those things come about and, and it, that's normally when you get somebody who really loves you that comes and says, you know, all things work together for good. And you, and you just want to smack that person across the face and say, what are you talking about? <laughs> that, that, that's not usually the, the encouraging word that you want to hear at that time. God doesn't bring those things about in your life, but God can redeem those things. God can redeem, can take the things that the enemy meant for evil and he can turn them for good. And he can make what was maybe meant for pain to be something that, that brings about new life, that brings about joy going forward. So if we, we now look at the book of Habakkuk, it's it's this struggle that exists. And it's a struggle that existed for Habakkuk at the time, and it's a struggle that exists for us today. Why is it that if God is in control, if God is in control of everything, that the wicked get to be so successful? <laughs> Why is it that, that the rich people that we see on the news, why is it that, that the celebrities that we see on TV, all of these different things seem like they're, they're so successful. And yet here we are struggling to hold down a job or struggling to deal with this, this issue with a family member or this social situation that's existing with friends or my goodness, trying to, to work in a church, whatever that may be. What is it that, that means that they get to be so successful? And if we read the, the book of Habakkuk, which is like, I mean, like two pages long, uh, <laughs> it God knows, or Habakkuk knows who God is. He he understands Habakkuk's, uh, Habakkuk understands God's attributes of God's faithful, that God is just and, and merciful, and all these things. And yet, he still struggles to understand. God's ways are mysterious. The realization that that comes through this prophecy that we see through the book of Habakkuk comes down to that verse that we just read a few minutes ago, that the righteous live by faith. I can't come and tell you, well, I obviously know why this person's successful and why this person that seems like they have done everything in their life to deserve to be successful is actually suffering immensely. I can't speak to that. What I do know is that when the righteous live by faith, they will receive a reward so much more so than what we see here today in this world. What we see today is just a finite point in time. But when it is compared to all of eternity, it is just a glimpse. And so what we see here is Habakkuk reminding the, the people of God, the people of Israel at that time saying, yes, right now it seems like we are being unjustly punished. Right now it seems like the the unjust, the unrighteous are being blessed. But it's just for a moment in time. Confidence doesn't, doesn't rest in who I am. It doesn't rest in my own achievements or my ability to understand It rests in our God, the God that we cry out to, the God that that we come to who has been faithful to rescue over and over and over again. And then finally, we come to the book of Zephaniah. the, The book of Zephaniah is interesting because he's experiencing the exact same things that the prophet Habakkuk is. They're going through the same stuff. But Zephaniah comes in and he starts talking about this from a completely different perspective. He shows up and he, he starts talking about the day of the Lord. He, he talks about that eternal perspective. Saying, hey, there is a time that is going to, to make all of this pale in comparison. This has been the longing of God's people from the, the very beginning, that the, there would be a Messiah that would come that would, would make a way for them. But there's a, a awkward question that Zephaniah raises that maybe we need to look at today. What happens when the wicked that seem like they're being blessed, what happens when the wicked people that seem like they're being blessed are you? Whoops. Whoops. What happens when God's people are the wicked ones? Well, that doesn't seem like a very fun conversation to have. But it's true. If we look at First Peter 4, 17, judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. It has to start here. We can't look outside the walls and say, man, why is it all of those people are getting blessed? Why is it that all of those things are happening to those people when we're just a mess inside? If we, we look at the history of that time, we can see, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was happening outside the people of Israel, but there was plenty of problems that existed for those people right then and there. The, the wrath of God is something that maybe we don't like to talk about very often. That doesn't seem very friendly. That seems a little too fire and brimstone. That feels a little uncomfortable, right? God's wrath pertains to his relationship with the world, but it also pertains to the relationship he has with us as well. God visits judgment on his people. If we look throughout history, if we look at the Old Testament, we see time and time and time again where judgment was visited on his people. Is it because God didn't like his people very much? No. Of course not. Judgment was visited on his people because he loved them. He wanted the best for them. God calls his people to seek after them, if we look at Zephaniah 2.3, so that they might escape the wrath to come. He's saying, come to me, come to me, come out of the the choices that you have made, out of the, the, the path that you have taken that is leading to your destruction. Come to me and I will bring you Peace. I will bring you to salvation. I will bring you to hope. I will bring you to rest. Do you want rest? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, rest. That sounds nice. Rest sounds good. I've been doing a lot of swimming and I, I know I'm talking about exercise again. I've been doing a lot of swimming and, and one thing that I've noticed is that there are times where I'm like halfway through a specific lap know, I'm just in the middle of the pool and it's, it is all I can do to get to the other side. And it's just like, man, I need to like rest right now. But you just keep going. There, there's a, a destination that exists, and I need to get to that destination before I stop. Yeah, I could stop in the middle of the pool, okay? It's not like the end of the world. You just stand up. But, <laughs> but we, we have to get to that other side. There's a, a destination, and in that destination, there is rest. Sometimes it's important when we look at, at books like this, when we look at, at portions of Scripture like this, to understand when was this written? Why, what, why was this written? Who wrote this? What, what's the context that exists here? Because in that context, we start to understand. You know, second, first and second Chronicles, like we talked about last week, there's an important context that exists there. What, that was written as these people were, were coming out of exile. If we look at the, the book of Lamentations, it's, it's the cry of God's people. It was probably written right after Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. And the author is writing from experience. If we, we look at what they're talking about, they're talking about horrific things, hard things. We don't have a, a specific date, but if you start kind of piecing all of these different events together, it seems like maybe 520 to 516 BC. If we look at Habakkuk, Habakkuk was written several years prior to Lamentation, somewhere between 640 and 609, and what we see here is, is this prophet is, is talking about events that are happening just before Assyria falls. And so a little bit of history lesson here. Assyria was this other big kingdom. So we have the Babylonians and we have the Assyrians. And, and the Assyrians were originally the ones who had kind of taken over and taken, uh, taken over the, the promised land that the Israelites were in. But the Assyrians are about to fall. And that's what Habakkuk is talking about, saying that there's there's judgment that's coming and it's gonna come when, when the Babylonians come. And in 587 BC, that's when when we see that the, the Babylonians come and they t- they attack and they take over. Then we have the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah is prophesying during the the Reformation, the, the during the, the time of the King Josiah. 640 to 609 B.C. It's an interesting time in the the history of the the people of Israel because Josiah was a a king who, if you look at 2 Kings 22, uh, verse 2, they say that he was a, a king who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he walked in in all the way of David, his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Man, I want that. I want that to be said of me thousands of years after. (laughs) That I did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And so through this time, we we see Josiah reforming the the laws and and the, the different events and processes that are happening with the people, um, restoring the the nation of Judah by returning back to this this covenant, back to this direction that they've received. Ever since the time of Zephaniah's great-grandfather, which is Hezekiah, Many in Judah were doing things that they were not supposed to do. They were worshiping idols. They were sacrificing their children. They were were doing stuff that was not what God commanded them to do. They had fallen away. But Josiah comes and he restores the temple. He reinstitutes the the feast of the Passover, and the nation experiences this, this return to faith but it's just for a short time. Once Josiah dies, the nation immediately turns and and goes back to the, the way that they had behaved previously. If we look at all of the different books that are talked about, if we look at Jeremiah, if we look at Nahum, if we look at Habakkuk, if you you look at all of these different books of the Bible that are the minor prophets is what they're, they're typically called, there's this common thread that points to a failing that has taken place and a need for spiritual transformation to come out of that time. What we see here is that while the the word of God has been declared many times and in many ways to these people, there were still many who refused to believe it, refused to respond and repent. Does that seem relevant today? God's word is constantly addressing the hardness of the the sinful hearts of the people. If I was consistently addressing the hardness of the hearts of the people, my response would probably be, get it together. What do you think you're doing? Don't you see how much of an idiot you're making me look like right now? Don't you know what you are doing to my name through the choices and the actions that you're taking? What is wrong with you? But God is consistently addressing the failings of the children that He loves with hope. Saying that, yeah, even though you have made these choices, I still love you. Even though you are profaning my name even though you are are making choices that that distance yourself from me i will close that distance i will close that gap i will make a way for you to be with me because i love you because i want the best for you that is relevant to these people in that time and that is relevant to us today no matter what i do to separate myself from the love of god nothing can God really loves us. God, we come this morning, we thank you that you love your children. God, we thank you for this point in history that has been included in your word that that on the surface seems so Here's what I found. <laughs> so irrelevant. That seems so inapplicable. And yet it is. If we look at our lives, if we look at at the, the hardships that we are facing, if we look at the difficulties that maybe, just maybe, sometimes we have placed ourselves in, God, you are never far away. You are right there with us in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the storm. You are the anchor, God. You are our stability, our rock, our fortress, our shield. You are all of those things. And we thank you for it. We thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, in the next few weeks, we're going to keep going down this dirt road and talk a little bit more about these three books and go a little bit more in depth as we continue down the roadless travel. God bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of the day.